Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone. Your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Song, you're the piano man. How do we do that? You got us feeling all right. La da 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 Hey everybody, how's it going? You're watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How is it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Anthony. Don't ask what that song had to do with this episode. Nothing. Because the answer is nothing. You yeah. know, we used to guess what the songs were, and now we've just we like... We should been, go back to um, Name That Tune. Name That Tune, yeah, yeah, instead of just like find a tune that lines up with the episode. At least that was making a game out of it. Yeah, it's true. I do like games. Uh, and speaking of games, today we were talking about one game in particular. It's Magic the Gathering because a new set is on the way. It's Rivals of Ixalan. It was just spoiled last week, the entire set. Very exciting. This is the continuation of Ixalan. This is the second part in the block. And uh, there's a lot of really interesting cards in here, including some incredible legendary creatures. But before we get into it, let's talk about our sponsors for the show. Cardkingdom.com slash Command Zone. They have been a sponsor for quite a while now, and they are the best. If you guys want to get magic sealed product, like all of these awesome cards, build a new commander deck. There are some elder dinosaurs in this set. There's some really, really interesting. Zakama. Zakama. You want Zakama. Everyone wants a combo. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, we got a. We only got one copy, so we're gonna have to fight over it. Yeah, we'll, we'll just we probably have to half. give it to Craig. Yeah, honestly. Uh, no, I think Craig does deserve it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Zakama is. But if ridiculous. you want Zakama, then you pre-order it using the affiliate link, cardgenome.com slash commandza. Yeah. Our other sponsor for the show is Ultra Pro, and that's something else you can order oh, yeah. when you're over at Card Kingdom. You can also get some of these new awesome playmats. Speaking play of Zakama, hey, you nice. can see the Zakama playmat that I've got in front of me right here. Yeah, I've got a, I think this is a New Horizons or some kind of, but there's dinosaurs on this one. Either way, great art, as always, from Ultra Pro to put on these playmats. High quality stuff. If you buy any Ultra Pro product, you are also supporting the show. So please go ahead and do that. And the final way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone. We do something special. We announce shout out give a big high five to one lucky patron every single week and that person this week is ernest de leon ernest you rock you rock all right let's jump right into the set review for rivals of ixalan as always we're going to go through the new mechanics in the set first or the returning mechanics also just the mechanics yeah there's Uh, one new mechanic and (laughs) then there's a bunch of returning mechanics so the new mechanic is called ascend and ascend will be on cards the some permanents some instances or sorceries and what it says is if you control 10 or more permanents and you have to have played a card or a card in play that has ascend then you get what's called city's blessing and city's blessing is like a token token emblem it's more like an emblem Mm -hmm. um and once you have City's Blessing, that sort of turns on additional abilities on a bunch of cards. And the thing to note about Ascend and City's Blessing is once you get it, you've got it. That's it. There's currently no way to remove City's Blessing. So if you have, let's say, 10 lands in play, 
you play a card with Ascend, you get City's Blessing, and then somebody destroys one of your lands, and now you're back down to nine permanents in play, you don't lose City's Blessing. You just keep it for the rest yep. of the game. The so. City has blessed you. It's a token that you can get with Rivals of Ixalan, and it's kind of like the Monarch token, except this case it just stays with you. It's like an emblem for the rest of the game. Yep. Um, usually enhances the card if you have Ascend as well. We have a couple examples of it. It's, in general, not... Uh, they didn't have any like standout ones for EDH. A lot of them are more in like limited and standard There's play. There's a few, but it is good in our format because... Games just go longer in EDH, so you're way. You can basically guarantee that at some point in the game you're gonna have ten permanents to yeah. play, unless you're playing like a storm deck or a instant and sorcery based deck. Then mm-hmm. maybe not, but most game, even then you'll have signets and lands. Out yeah, of and a lot of times so. you're just gonna get to ten lands at some point. So I think ascend is. It's kind of a gimme as far as that. At some point, you'll get it. So It's, it's Dece. Yeah. All right, uh, let's talk about the returning mechanics. Now, these are origi- were originally introduced in Ixalan or before. The first is Explore, which is a new entrance to the battlefield effect. So what happens is if a creature has Explore, when it enters the battlefield, you reveal the top card of your library. And you can put that card into your hand if it's a land. Otherwise, you get to play a plus one, plus one counter on a target creature. Uh, usually on the creature with explore and then uh, you can either put that card that you revealed back on top of your library or into your graveyard so it kind of functions as a scry in a little bit sometimes it draws you a card uh, it other- puts cards in your graveyard which can be good graveyard. for certain decks yeah, it's so, a value mechanic yeah and it has a lot of different parts to it and I, I like it a lot um, the next recurring mechanic is raid this was introduced in cons of Tarkir rest in peace cons I wish we could draft you every day it triggers if you've attacked with a creature with this turn, um, and it somewhat works a little differently in the set. So more cards that trigger raid each turn. Sometimes it says if you attack with a creature this turn, then something happens, as opposed to like I forget. There's like a difference. There's a slight difference. In, in how cons, it works. usually you'd play a card, and just at that one moment, it would say, "Oh, did you attack with a creature right. this turn?" In Ixalan and Rivals, it tends to have more cards that just sort of sit on the battlefield and do something every turn if you attacked. Mm-hmm. with a creature that turn. Um, I hope that made sense. Uh, the next returning mechanic is Enrage. Friend of the show, Wrong. John Stone, also my high school classmate uh, who works at Wizards now, came up with this mechanic. It's an effect that triggers whenever the creature with Enrage is dealt damage. So you might gain life, you might you know, ping your opponent, you might make a token, blah, 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 every time that creature takes damage. Um, and the last mechanic, I guess there's two more, but neither of them is actually a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Tribal is we put down. So it's a very tribal focus set if you don't know what tribal is that just has to do with the creature types usually so vampire dinosaur merfolk pirate those are the four tribes in ixalan and rivals of ixalan and there'll be a bunch of cards that sort of have to do with the number of vampires you control or do something based on you know the number of vampires or the number of pirates or say all of your pirates get x or do this for all the dinosaurs you got blah 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 yeah all your dinosaurs get plus one plus one that kind of thing uh, I will note that we're not going to talk a ton about the cards that like only care about tribes. Like you don't need us to say, "Hey, there's a two-two merfolk that gives all your merfolk plus one plus one." Play it in your merfolk deck. Play it in your merfolk deck. <laughs> if you're building a vampire, dinosaur, pirate, or merfolk deck, look through Rivals of Ixalan. There's probably going to be some cards for you there, for sure. Uh, and the last sort of mechanic is treasure. Treasure is a new artifact that can be generated treasure. by certain cards. Do, do, do. Da, 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 
Segway. Speaking of which, if you see that new video for Finesse yeah. with Cardi B and no. Mars, is it they, sweet? They took Finesse and remixed it and made it the most '80s video and song ever. And I it's feel amazing. like Bruno just sort of wants to do that all the time, anyway. He does, and then he went full like like usually it's like a throwback, but this time he went 100 percent into it. That's awesome. Anyway, treasure. Uh, it's an artifact that you can tap to sacrifice at one mana of any color to your mana pool, and it's a thematic with Ixalan as you are looking for treasure, and that treasure provides you with more mana. There's a, there's one card in this set that makes me. Very happy. It's a red one that has treasure yeah, in it. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, notably, the difference between treasure and gold, and we kind of didn't highlight this in the Ixalan set review, is that treasure you have to tap and sacrifice mm -hmm. because of the uh, improvised mechanic, I guess, is why they did that. Um, yeah, otherwise you could break it a little bit. Yeah, okay. So. Talk about some cards. Let's let's talk about the cards. So, spoiler alert. We we sort of teased this mm -hmm. on Twitter. We talked about it a little last episode. The very next Game Nights, which is coming out, depending on when you're listening to this, in about a week, a week and a half. Uh, will feature us playing the four new multicolored legendary creatures from this set. So we're going to talk about them right now. The first one is Azor, the Lawbringer. This is the Azorius Guildmaster, right? I guess so. Um, I don't know why he's on Ixalan, but I believe that's true. He costs two, know this. two white, His white, blue, blue. So six mana total. That is a hefty... Mana cost two white, white, blue, blue. All right, for a legendary creature, don't, don't speak too soon. By the Sphinx, way, Sphinx. It makes sense, but you'll see. Uh, legendary creature Sphinx. It's a six-six. Has flying, as all Sphinxes do. When Azor the Lawbringer enters the battlefield, each opponent can't cast instant or sorcery spells during that player's next turn. So it kind of silent. What's it's silence? They don't cast any spells. But anyway, it basically no instant or sorceries until their next their next turn. Um, right. That. That during right their players, during that player. So let's oh, say you oh, cast can... Azor and you pass to me. I can't cast instants or sorceries during my turn. Oh, but then, if, then when they... it goes to the next player's turn, you could. I could. If you have I mean, mostly, or... if depending on your mana, it's going to stop you from casting uh, sorceries because it's like you pass the turn. I'll be like, all right, on your end step, I'll do some instant stuff. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. But it does lock down. There's another card in the set that does this as well. But it does a weird lock, and it sort of locks sorceries down. Yeah, depending on what which which can be really big. Yeah. I mean, depending on when you play it. So, um, especially like a board wipe. True. Oh yeah, true. Most board wipes are sorceries. Although this deck's probably not. This deck's playing the board wipes. It's not worried about board wipes true. as much. Um. Okay. And then Azor has another ability. It's whenever Azor attacks, you may pay white, blue, blue, and X. And if you do, you gain X life and draw X cards. So that's, what? That's, that's a cool. card called Sphinx's Revelation. Yeah. You very good card. Yeah, which is a very good card. Uh. So Azor, you can Sphinx's Revelation whenever you attack. Yeah, and if you're casting this for six mana, that means you can do it for three immediately. I mean, the Guaranteed. next time you attack, yeah. Guaranteed, yeah. yeah. But it's on attack, it's not a combat damage. Uh, I think Azor is an amazing Azorius camp commander to build around. I would 100% build a deck around this card. This feels like the type of deck that you put a lot of board wipes in and you just card advantage out your opponents. Yeah. I mean, you could also do Sphinx Tribal. Oh my gosh. I mean, you could. I'm just About saying. time. Put Dunesh in there. <laughs> There's nothing in there that says Sphinxes, but you just could is what I'm saying. I'm yeah, not saying true. you should. Um Oh, I should read the next one, I suppose. Uh, I guess we can spoil who we're playing. Everybody knows Craig's playing Zakama because of last episode. Yep. In the, oh, sorry, I'm referring to the next game nights. Mel Lee is playing Azor. The Lawbringer. And I am playing Alenda, the Dusk Rose. So Alenda is two white black for a 1-1 legendary creature, Vampire Knight. Four mana 1-1, one, one, huh? Has lifelink. It says, whenever another creature dies, put a 1-1 one, one counter on Alenda. That's any creature can even be a token and it's by any player when alenda dies create x 11 white vampire creature tokens with lifelink 
where X is Alinda's power. Hey. A couple of things to note about that second ability. Um, I mean, obviously, this is a, it's sort of obvious how it works because you put Alinda out, um, as creatures die, Alinda continues to grow. Eventually, Alinda dies and you get a ton of vampires. Here's the thing. Alenda has to go to the graveyard for you to get the vampires. Right. If you go to the command zone, Alenda is not technically dying. It's kind of like Pawn of Ulamog. There's it's a, a few cards. It's effect. Yeah. So you, you won't get vampires unless you choose to put Alenda into the graveyard, which is problematic because, you know, you have to then build your deck to be able to get Alenda back into play. If you're building purely around Alenda. Otherwise, she's I mean, why like are you playing shot. her? Yeah, exactly. Um, you could do a vampire travel deck. I think... So. I think maybe next episode or we'll, we'll go over the deck that I built for it after uh, people have had a chance to watch Game Nights. It's an interesting card to build around because of that problem. And token decks aren't usually the type of decks that want to have graveyard recursion. Yeah, because where are you recurring? Because you're making tokens. You don't want to recur. You can't recur tokens. So it's it's a it's an interesting conundrum. The other thing I wanted to, to mention is that Alenda creates the number of vampires equal to her power, not the number of counters on her. So right. if you put like a sort of feast and f uh, famine on her, now she's a 3-3. Three, three. If she were to die in that instance, you would get three vampires, even though she has zero counters on her. So, Which is actually kind of interesting. I think you could definitely put, put things in the deck to make sure that she's never completely, you know, out yeah. of the gate. Yeah, um, yeah, interesting deck. I think the deck can be powerful, but there's a limit because of that. Um, the intricacies of how the command zone and going to the graveyard works and everything. And you know what? I'm a little bit mad they did that. Yeah. Like, it's a legendary creature. It's a four-mana 1-1. One, one. What format's it for? It ain't for standard. No one's playing a four-mana 1-1 <laughs> one, one in standard, right? So it ain't for modern. It ain't for legacy. So it must be for commander. If it's for commander, why'd you put a mechanic on it that is basically not, doesn't work with the format that well? Yeah, it kind of messes a little bit with that it's interesting because we've seen this happen with a couple of other i think cards in the past and maybe it's just text that doesn't exist in the database that if it would be sent to the command zone if it would leave the battlefield yeah well in that case you're just flickering it over and over again then so but i mean you're in the battlefield's different i you, think i think you you're in white in, black is you're not in blue so you true. don't have a lot of ways not that there's zero but i think you would want oh white has a lot of ghostly flicker-esque effects I right think, but I, think, I think everyone's fine with like i think you, you need an extra line of text that says if alenda would die or be sent to the command zone sure but i don't think they can put the words command zone into a standard set right it would have to be a um it would have to be a commander product Anyways, nice. I'm just slightly miffed about that. That's the way it goes. Okay, let's talk about the uh, third this, legendary creature. This, this is, the, is your yeah, deck. This is the deck that I built. The first time I played, I think, a full blue-green deck on on uh, Game Nights. It's Kumena, Tyrant of Araska. It's one green and a blue for a 2-4 legendary creature, Merfolk Shaman. And she has, he has, three lines of text. The first is, tap another untapped Merfolk you control. Kumena, Tyrant of Araska, can't be blocked this turn. The second line is tap three untapped Merfolk you control, draw a card. And the third line is tap five untapped Merfolk you control and put a plus one, plus one counter on each Merfolk you control. So, interesting things. The first line, you cannot tap, obviously, Kumena to, to trigger this on himself to make him not be blocked. It has to be another Merfolk. But the other two abilities, to tap Merfolk to draw a card or put counters on, you can tap Kumena for. So... Really, Kamena's out. You only need to play two more Merfolk to start tapping them and drawing cards. Um, That's really what you want to do. Come on, let's be yeah. honest. You want to draw cards. You don't really want... At least I found that it was almost impossible to get to the the final tap five on tap Merfolk to put counters on a bunch of things just because 
By the time you cast four other creatures, you don't want to be, you know, there's a lot of other if things. If you have that five Merfolk in play, you're winning. You don't want to be tapping them all. You want to be attacking, right? Yeah, or exactly. doing the other do, things yeah, that the Merfolk yeah. do. You want to be doing, you want to be, you want to be attacking. Sure, you can end step tap them or whatever. And, but the thing is, a lot of Merfolk have tons of other abilities on them. These aren't just like one, one tokens that can't do anything else. So, uh, Commander, though, I think is a very powerful commander just because of the draw card ability. And obviously, you know, if you want to do some kind of unblockable shenanigans with them, then sure, go for that too. <laughs> then sure, do it. Yeah, why not? It's in blue green, so it's uh, you know, it's gonna be good no matter what. Yeah, Murf. It's cool to have a couple of Murfolk choices, and I I like this one better because it's uh, low mana cost. Yeah. So I think this is yeah three mana is great. Yeah. So I think this is one of the better Murfolk choices. It gives you access to green and has relevant abilities. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like that card a lot. I like it too. Uh, the next one is we're going to go into the Elder Dinosaurs, which are all legendary, um, but Zakama is the first one. We did an entire episode about Zakama, so I don't want to go over it a lot. I'll read the card, though, in case you missed that episode. It's six red, green, white, nine mana total for a nine, nine legendary creature. Elder Dinosaur has Vigilance, Reach, and Trample. Says when Zakama enters the battlefield, if you cast it, remember, if you cast it, untap all lands you control. Then there's three activated abilities. Play two in a red. Zakama deals three damage to target creature. Pay two in a green. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Pay two in a white. You gain three life. Those don't require you to tap Zakama or anything. So if you have, you know, six mana, you can deal six damage to something or destroy two artifacts or gain six life. Um, this card is incredible. I think it's it's definitely the best uh, preview card we've ever had. Yeah, it's potentially one of the best Naya commanders out there as well. I think it though... is the best Naya commander. I Okay, I'm just gonna say that without actually having the researched only other it. The two is Mayael, the oh, Anima, and Marath. Marath, yeah. Marath, Marath is pretty Marath good just bonkers. because it's a three mana commander. In terms of commanders that cost more than six mana, okay, there you go. <laughs> Naya commanders that cost more than six mana and begin with the letter Z and R dinosaurs. Zakama is the best. There one. you go. Boom, uh, there's got there. There's two little interactions I wanted to note for Zakama that we didn't mention on the last episode. Um, just didn't think of them. Mm -hmm. One, a lot of people said Mycosynth Lattice to turn all everything into artifacts. Oh, in which case, Zakama nice. can just start blowing, blowing it. everything up. Yeah, anything that you want. And you have and the, the man that cast that kind of card too. Yeah, and the other one is Teemer uh, Sabertooth, which right. is an unsummon effect on a stick that allows you to just... Once you're at like I think 12, 12 mana, yeah. you can go infinite with Sabertooth and Zakama. So those are two cards that we failed to mention that people pointed out to us. And I think... Uh, that those are must includes in that deck. Yeah. They're, they're very good. All right, so we all know that Elder Dragon Highlander is the original name of the format EDH. However, did you know that it also can stand for Elder Dinosaur Highlander? Because this set has provided us with the second appearance of Elder Legendary Creatures. Now, back during Dragons of Tarkir, we had some Elder Dragons, uh, and the original ones were like Nicol Bolas and all of the OG OG ones. Vicus Asmati, Chromium, Arcade Sabbath, and oh, crap. Oh, man, I can't remember the fifth one. We'll never know. Uh, There's no know, way to find out. If you know, yell at the podcast right now. So uh, in this set, I'm so disappointed in are, myself. <laughs> I'm not. I, did, I only know Vivictus, and the rest of them, I was just like, sure, Arcane something? Okay, cool. Um, you know Chromium. I do know Chromium, that's true. It, it would have taken me a second to come up with Chromium, though. Okay, you keep talking, I gotta look it up. All right, so Elder Dinosaurs are the new Elder Creature, and there are five of them in this set. They are all, well, including Zakama, there's six, but there are five of them, they're all monocolored, and they're all very interesting and very different. So let's kick things off with the white dinosaur. It is Zatalpa Primal Dawn. Zatalpa, not to be confused with Zakama, very similar, I know. This is a... Eight mana card, six white white. Oh, what is it? It's 
Palladium Wars. Palladium Wars. Dang it. Dang it. And that's the... No, that's not the Nile one. That's the... uh, What is... Yeah, that's the Nile one. (laughs) Considering we just talked about the Nile card in Zakam. It is not the the best Nile commander. I mean, Palladia isn't. Okay, anyway. Sorry, go back to Zatalpa. All right, so Zatalpa. It's an eight mana card, six white white for a four eight legendary creature, Elder Dinosaur. Are you ready? Flying, double strike, vigilance, trample, indestructible. Word soup. Keyword soup. Word soup. We talked about how good this is with something like Audric. Uh, This card is interesting. It's eight mana, and I don't think it's that good. Oh, no, especially... As your commander, it's horrible because you're in white. So yeah. your ways to ramp are not that great. I don't think any of these as commanders are even that great, honestly, for the monocolors. There's all, I think there's always going to be a better option. I think these are cards you put into decks in the same way that you might put like a um, a Praetor. Yeah. Thing is, yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Zatalpa, eight mana. You know what else you can cast for eight mana? Vornclex. Yeah. You know, that's what you need to be doing with eight mana. It ain't, you know, making a four eight flying double strike vigilance trample indestructible and then hoping to <laughs> untap with it and then what hit somebody for eight eh, 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 eh. okay let's go on to the next one which is oh man i lost nezahal 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 the primal tide i believe this was wedge in the mana sources uh, preview card it's five blue blue for a seven seven elder dinosaur legendary creature of course nezahal can't be countered you have no maximum hand size okay Whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, draw a card. Okay. <laughs> this is all good. Discard three cards, exile Nezahal, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control at the beginning of the next M step. So you can always protect it from a board wipe or yeah. spot removal. What was the card that was in standard that was very similar to this? There's a couple of versions. Yeah, they usually make like a control card that's sort of like a it's finisher. It's like a finisher, yeah. Yeah, this is that type of card. I, I know the one you're talking about, but I forget what it was called. I love this whenever an opponent casting non-creature spell draw a card, though. You it's will be drawing sweet. a lot. Yeah, now for seven mana, it's still pretty expensive, but... Yeah, At least it, can, it can't be countered. That's kind of good. At least you're not going to just immediately... It's, pre- it's hard to get totally itself. blown out. Like, because even if they sword supply shares it, yeah, you're down six mana, but you draw a card. Mm-hmm. So you're up a card. Um, and again, you could always protect it by discarding three cards. It's okay. I mean, there's no way it's ever going to be Teferi or Baral or Talrand or one right. of these mono blue things, you know. As commander, I, I think I think I need to view all of these cards in the 99 to make them sort of even like. Even then. Because <laughs> it doesn't also go in Gishoth or um, Zakama. True. So what's the... I don't know. I don't know what deck this is going in. It's going to go in a mono blue stompy. I don't is know. That, does that even exist? Or, or even just like <laughs> mono cre- blue creature stompy. stompy? I don't know. Either way, they're fun, but they may not be great. All right, next up we have Tetsamok, Primal Death. Uh, and we're going down to mana cost. This is four black black for a 6-6 six, six legendary creature elder dinosaur with death touch. You know we have the real card, right? <laughs> <laughs> You can pay a black to reveal Tetsamuk Primal Death from your hand and put a prey counter on target creature. So you can read it, too. Uh, and prey, act- P-R-E-Y. Pre-R-E, yeah. Not this. Not this one, yeah. This. Activate this ability only during your turn. When Tetsamuk enters the battlefield, destroy each creature your opponent's control with a prey counter on it. Now, this card, I think, is great. This is probably the most... Well, the red one's pretty good, too. It's really good because it works well with itself. It costs six mana, but leading up to it coming out, you just start... You're serving it from your hands. Yeah, you're marking other others for death. Oh yeah, it has to be from your hand. So if it's not in your hand, oh, it's, it's it can't be your commander. Don't make this your commander. Oh, if it's in, in the command zone, you can't even activate that ability. But here's the thing: if you're playing black or 
Why they two do color that? black or mono? Well, I mean, who knows? I like it better this way, honestly. If it was a commander card, that would be, I think, a little too powerful. I guess this is maybe fringe playable in real formats. Uh, I doubt it is. Don't yell at me, but I'm just saying. Right. It's not like a Lenda where a four mana one one is never getting played. Yeah. But well, this... the, the cool thing about this is that, you know, if you have like mana doublers in black, you can just mark every creature and then yeah. when it comes out, it's a selected board wipe. I don't think with Cabal Coffers and Urborg, it would be very hard to just be like, yeah, mark every creature that's not mine. No. Yeah. Boop. Next. And you can do that at uh, instant speed, right? No, only no your turn. turn. Okay. Yeah. So, so to... but, but still, I do like this idea a lot that you can reveal something from your hand and it's like, it's looking at you, it's pointing out things. And then when it finally enters the battlefield, it kills all those things. That's kind of cool. That is cool. Uh, I have to let you read this one. Oh, yeah. This is definitely... I'm going to double fist it. All right. Atali Primal <laughs> Storm. Four red, red. Legendary creature, Elder Dinosaur. Whenever Atali Primal Storm attacks, exile the top card of each player's library. Then you may cast any number of non-land cards exiled this way without paying their mana cost. What? It's the any number that I sort of skipped over the first time I read this. If you have, yeah, that's I thought you the, had to pick one. No, no, and you do your own and your own, yeah. So everyone just flips the top card of their library, and you can cast any number of them without. This is when it attacks, yeah. not even on damage. Yeah, um, this is the kind of like the six mana card advantage spell I want to see in a, like a red deck. Yeah, this is a red deck. This is pretty strong. If you attack with it one time, you're in, you're gonna get a lot of value. A lot, off yeah, it. yeah. I, I like this card a lot. I. I still don't think probably it's its own deck that's really great. But mm-hmm. in that deck, you build it with Lightning Greaves and all the ways to give it haste so that you're going to play it, attack with it. You know, maybe you have ways to trigger it multiple times. Yeah. Multiple attack steps. Mm-hmm. Tali's really good. So, all right. And the last of the Elder Dinosaurs. How about the 12 mana card? <laughs> well, sometimes. A lot of times it's not. Okay. Most it's, times it's, it's not. the green one. It's Galta, Primal Hunger. <laughs> oh, I just noticed they all have Primal in there. Name. Mm-hmm. Storm, death. Quick on the uptake, I am. Dawn. All right. Primal Hunger. Mono green. 10 and green green is the casting cost. 12 mana for a 12 12. Legendary creature, Elder Dinosaur. It says Galta costs X less to cast, where X is the total power of creatures you control. Oh. Hey, now. That's good. Also has trample, which, if you're going to play a 12 12, I want it to have trample. Yeah. Uh, This is actually pretty good. This could be pretty easily, like, free. Yeah, or at least green green is the cheapest it could cost. Oh right, right. Because it oh yeah, it only uh, gets rid of. But the even if you have like six power on the board, and all of a sudden this costs six mana for a twelve twelve trampler, like that's pretty, pretty good. good. I mean, if your deck is wanting to do this kind of thing, which is trample over people and play giant creatures, Galta seems. I mean, you're playing cool. green, so you're already more likely to have more power on the board. Uh, I mean, there are ways to probably ramp this out by turn four or five right there's probably ways to do it on turn three yeah there's probably ways to do it on turn two i don't know i'm just assuming i'm but... just hedging but yeah totally yeah. um all right i dig it i dig it all right let's talk about some planeswalkers though this one we have to look at the phone we didn't we didn't ha- we don't have the cards i got them all Angrath, the flame chain is our first planeswalker up on the board it looks like we're getting a lot of minotaur love these days guys three a black and a red for a four loyalty legendary planeswalker Angrath, he looks very angry you can plus one him to have each opponent discard a card and lose two life. You can minus three him to gain control of target creature until end of turn and tap it against haste until end of turn and sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step if it has converted mana cost three or less. That's a lot of text. Mm-hmm. And is minus eight. Each opponent loses life equal to the number of cards in his or her graveyard. So the ultimate, you're never going to get there unless you doubling season this guy out. Even and then, why are and you doubling season that? Yeah. Uh, the plus the- one is good for like... 
some decks that want to do the discard thing. I know my Neheb deck would probably play Angrath because you know you're making cards. Would dis you though? Discard. I feel like you can get that effect f f for like way cheaper. Yeah, probably. Like five mana to do that, and then it's certainly going to die. Yeah. Like someone's just going to attack it. And then threaten effect. I don't know. I don't like this card. It's not good in EDH. The threaten effect is interesting because it makes you sacrifice it if it's a low CMC card. So it's kind of like a five-mana removal spell, certain things. But I want to steal their it. biggest thing. Yeah, it's I true. I don't want to steal their smallest thing. Uh, who knows? I mean, maybe you want to steal an Oracle Moldai or something. But then you don't even get to because it's CMC. I mean, you would get... I don't know. It's bad. It's I don't bad. like it. I don't like it. Yeah. Let's talk about the next one. Huatli, Radiant Champion. Huatli is back, and now instead of being the red side of Naya, she's the green side of Naya. So she's two green and a white, Selesnya. Legendary Planeswalker Huatli comes with three loyalty plus one. Put a loyalty counter on Huatli for each creature you control. Whoa, this could go crazy real fast. This one you could emblem. <laughs> yeah. Minus one, target creature gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of creatures you control. Okay. Okay. Minus eight. You get an emblem with whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. So this doesn't is, say non-token. Right. This is all about creatures. This looks like it's really good in the, in the token deck. Um, the minus one gives it plus X plus X for X number of creatures, where X number of creatures are. That only costs one to do. That's pretty good. Doesn't give it trample, though? No. Dang it. I, listen, I think this card is pretty good in a token deck. It's also you know a four-mana Planeswalker, a lot more palatable. She's um, hanging out in front of us, a common, by the way, in the art. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Um. You probably only have to plus it once. Like, you play it when you've got, like, 10 creatures, 10 tokens or something, plus it. It's at 13. Yeah, how do you kill that? It's just, yeah, that's going to be annoying to people, but I, I, there's a much better chance to sort of ultimate this Planeswalker than most without, you know, doubling mm -hmm. seasons and stuff. And you're in green, doubling season. And then the negative eight's pretty powerful, because once you get that emblem and you're in a token deck... Yeah, you're drawing tons of cards. That's, like... You can, it's gonna be hard to lose because you play any of your just make a couple of tokens and you just draw cards like yeah, yeah. i'm definitely putting this in my anapenza deck yeah i like this card quite a bit uh even just non-token but creature based decks like elf ball decks yeah could play that card and and i think it would still be good okay right. i guess we didn't mention this but another returning effect in this set is oh, yeah. flip enchantments they're legendary enchantments that flip over into legendary lands that all do different kinds of crazy stuff uh they're all pretty interesting for the most part and i think a lot of players will really like this um so do you want to start it off josh yeah i i, I want to Take say the story behind these is that they were originally going to do masterpieces expeditions that series for this block right and so they had to create and it was going to be um these lands were going to be the masterpieces mm -hmm. and so they had to when they decided not to do the masterpieces anymore or not every set anymore um they had to sort of turn them into these flip enchantment things, which is an interesting backstory. Okay. I like it, though. It means we get another guy's cradle. It means we get... There's some crazy stuff in here. Okay. Yeah. The first one is Hadana's Climb. It's one green-blue for a legendary enchantment. It says, at the beginning of combat on your turn, you put a 1-1 counter on target creature you control. Then, if that creature has three or more 1-1 counters on it, transform Hadana's Climb. Hadana's Climb doesn't have to be the thing that put all the counters on. So if you have something else that's already putting counters on, and then Hadana just puts the last one or, you know, the sixth one or whatever, mm -hmm. it will then flip. And it becomes Winged Temple of Araska, which is a legendary land. You can tap it to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. I believe everyone on the lands yeah. has that top ability. Yeah. And then you can also pay one green blue and tap 
the Wing Temple of Araska, and target creature you control gains flying and gets plus X, plus X, until end of turn where X is its power. So it sort of becomes a thing that pumps one of your creatures. Obviously, you're going to have a creature that's at least like a three power because, yeah. you, you, you know, you put three one-on-one encounters on something. It pumps and jumps. Pumps and jumps. Um, it's fine. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, I think this is obviously good in decks that have plus one, plus one counter synergies already, and you want to outfit one particular yeah, thing. Yeah, Voral and but stuff like anything, that. But if anything, I just see this being really good in limited. <laughs> yeah, it's so good in limited. Oh, right. my gosh. This next one, though, this is a, a great one, this I think, one for a sweet. lot of EDH players. You Look, know what? We this even have foil, a foil one. So I'll read the foil. Okay. <laughs> it's the only exception I'll make. <laughs> I know. The way it's foil on both sides. It's, oh, my goodness. It's beautiful. One, a black and a green journey to eternity. So enchantment, legendary enchantment aura. I think this is the first aura we've seen. Uh, enchant- from, from this cycle. From this cycle, yeah. yeah. Enchant creature you control. When enchanted creature dies, return it to the battlefield under your control. Then return journey to eternity to the battlefield transformed under your control. So the creature dies, comes back onto the battlefield, and then this thing transforms. Yep. And then this comes out as well, and it turns into Atsal, Cave of Eternity, Legendary Land. So again, it adds one mana vein color to your mana pool, and also for three, a black and a green, tap it. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Whoa, 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 whoa. This card is really good. So one, you get to rebuy a creature with Journey to Eternity. You probably are sacking it in a black-green deck. Like a Marin deck is just going to love this card. For sure. Caridor. And then uh, to read the flavor text, every journey has its inevitable end, but every end is a new beginning. And then it's kind of a second Marin or a second Caridor. It just sits there and pumps out Bringing creatures. things back from the graveyard to the battlefield. It's also in a color combination where with green, and green can untap land, so there's the chance of like doing this more than once. Yeah. Uh, really good card. The next one of these flip legendaries is Path to Path of Metal. It's red white for a legendary enchantment. It says when Path of Metal enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to each creature that doesn't have first strike, double strike, vigilance, or haste. So if you don't have one of those things on a creature, then it takes one damage. Sweet. And then it's a token killer. (laughs) I guess whenever you attack with at least two creatures that have first strike, double strike, vigilance, and or haste, you transform it. Why do they make it so hard for Boros? This actually seems harder to flip than either of the other ones. Oh, it's definitely harder to flip. You have to build your deck around this card. All right. Then it turns into Metzali, Tower of Triumph. Cool-looking tower, though. Yeah. You can tap to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Then you can pay one in a red and tap it, and then it deals two damage to each opponent. Or you can pay two in a white and tap it. Choose a creature at random that attacked this turn. Destroy that creature. Um, I'm out. Why, I, why don't they like Boros? Why couldn't this have to do with drawing cards or ramping, and why couldn't it be easier to flip? And Imagine, okay, imagine. It wouldn't even be... Like, imagine that two and a white was just destroy target attacking creature. It was, still wouldn't be that great. Yeah. Imagine if the red one was, like, the impulsive draw. Yeah. Just anything that generates value, not deal two damage to each opponent. I'm glad they said each opponent for us. Yes, two? Up there. I guess it's two mana, but still. Well, you have to tap it, too, and so you can repeat the effect. I don't... I, Moving on. I Profane like Procession it. is one black and a white. <laughs> it's not foil. Yeah, I, got, I got it. <laughs> Do the other side. <laughs> So it's a legendary enchantment. This one's interesting. Three, a white and a black. Exile target creature. Then if there are three or more cards exile with profane profession, transform it. And transforms into Tomb of the Dusk Rose. By the way, it's a Lenda of the Dusk Rose. Oh. So um, it can tap for any mana. And then two, a white and a black. Put a creature card exiled with this permanent onto the battlefield under your control. 
that is an effect that black can kind of do, white really can't do, which is steal stuff. Steal stuff. Well, plus you remove it in the meantime. By the way, this card is sweet because Josh already plays a lot of cards that are either one black and white or two black and white to exile a I play Utter End. Yeah, in every single chance that Josh can put Utter End and Anguish Unmaking or Vindicate in the deck, he does. Jimmy just always assumes I have it now. I have to. I have to. There's like five different versions of it. And now we also have Profane Profession, which does it on the battlefield. And even better, eventually, after you use it three times, you get to put them back on the battlefield under your control. Anything you choose. It's pretty sweet. It is really sweet. And it's really hard to interact with as well. Right? You have to get rid of the either the enchantment when it's there or when it becomes a land. It becomes even hard to get rid of, depending. Well, it also doesn't have the clause that says uh, until Profane Procession leaves the battlefield, right? So yeah. at the very least, even if they get rid of the enchantment, they don't get the things that were exiled back, which a lot of cards like this, like, uh, right. you know, We'll return that. it to them. Yeah, afterwards. exactly. Yeah. And so you just get rid of it. And then the upside is if you do manage to flip it, you eventually get that stuff. Um, you know, it's only creatures, so it's not quite as good as Utter and... and uh, Anguish on making for versatility, but the fact that you can eventually, you know, it's going to open up some doorways that you wouldn't have. Like you can get value stuff. That, so that, much value stuff. You know, like Oracle of Moldias and things that maybe uh, Black White wants or needs. All right. The last one is Storm the Vault. It's uh, two blue and red for Legendary Enchantment, of course. It says, whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, you create a colorless treasure artifact token with we know what treasures do at the beginning of your end step if you control five or more artifacts just artifacts they don't have to be treasures you transform storm the vault so it doesn't seem super hard to flip you just have Mm -hmm. to connect with the opponent a couple times or just you don't even have to you can just have five artifacts never have make a treasure it'll still oh no you have to make at least one treasure at least one yeah i think so no no at the beginning of your end step if you have five or more artifacts so it's not if yeah it's yeah it turns into vault of cat cat lacan these names uh it's a legendary lamb of course i want to go to the vault though because there's uh it looks like smogs smogs oh yeah there's a lot of treasure in there yeah it looks like the one ring is in there somewhere you can tap it of course to add one man of any color to your mana pool or you can tap it add blue to your mana pool for each artifact you control hey i've seen that card before yeah it's banned (laughs) (laughs) so while the growing rights of itlamok was a gaia's cradle functional quote-unquote reprint that we saw in the last set of ixalan this card is a functional reprint of telerian academy which is banned in our format which you tap it to add blue to your mana pool for each artifact you control the thing is it's a blue red card so you can't play it in like your mono blue decks or whatever, but it's still blue red's kind of the artifact colors yeah, now. Yeah, and also like think of, I don't think it's that much less powerful than Telerian Academy because Telerian Academy is only good when you have five artifacts or yeah. so. Well, yeah. this flips when you have five artifacts or so. It it seems amazing. It seems amazing. It's yeah. it doesn't help you push you towards it, but at the same time, no, also, it does because if you deal combat damage, oh, that's right, yeah. that's right. You know the the nice thing about these lands too is that they can tap for regular mana. So like your of guys any color, cradle, yeah. Sometimes you play guys cradle like eh, and board wipe means I it's not a land anymore. So that storm of the vaults really good. Yeah. I, I think it's probably the best of the bunch as far as power level. Although journey to eternity and profane yeah. procession both seem really good. I really like the black white one. Yeah. Okay. All right, we're moving to black. Black. So, Dead Man's Chest. One in the black for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature in the opponent controls. When enchanted creature dies, exile cards to equal to its power from the top of its owner's library. You may cast non-land cards from among them for as long as they remain exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast those spells. So, if you're playing this on like a 10 power creature, you exile 10 cards, and those cards, if they're in exile, 
remain open to you for the rest of the game. That's pretty sweet. That is pretty sweet. And you can pay mana of any color to cast them. Obviously, you don't get them for free, but still. How many cards do you think you get on average that you can cast? If you did like five, you'd probably get like two or three. Yeah, you'd probably get two and a half on average or something. Yeah, out of like a five-power creature. I think you divide it by half and then round down. Still, that's pretty great. Yeah. I mean, it's also a two-mana card that get you a lot of card advantage especially in colors you don't have and that that's the kind of thing i always like to see yeah i like it um and you're in the color that's killing creatures a lot mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. all right the next one is forerunner of the coalition uh, i want to say this is a cycle there's one of these for each of the major tribes merfolk pirate vampire dinosaur we're not necessarily going to talk about all of them um but this is these are the type of cards that like well if you're building a vampire deck find the vampire version of this and there's a good chance you want it yep it's a two in a black for a 2-2 human pirate. When Forerunner of the Coalition enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a pirate card, reveal it, then shuffle your library and put that card on top of it. So it uh, mystical, mystical tutors, tutors it? Yeah, for, for a, a pirate, pirate card or a changeling card. Right. Um, whenever another pirate enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent loses one life. That's not bad. Yeah. Um I can see this in pirate decks or the type of decks that have like um, conspiracy or arcane adaptation. Is that mm-hmm. the new blue one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and are sort of changing all their cards into pirates and stuff like that. Uh, yep. Yeah. I don't know. Not a lot to say about it besides that. Yeah. And there's one of these in each of the uh, tribes. So just keep an eye out for them. We won't talk about all of them. All right. Uh, this is a common, and I, I don't know why I put this on there, but I like these kind of cards. Two in a black sorcery. Each opponent loses one life for each creature you control. It's a really cheap version of something like kind of like Insanguinate, except in this case it's based off of your deck so if you're like a token deck it's a it could be a really fast and easy win con because it's each opponent but it's a common it's not great it's also you know in, when you're in a token deck you're always looking for ways to have an alternate win condition that's not combat in case somebody gets yeah. out like you know propagandas. propagandas and stuff like that on you and so it could be you know based on meta something you think about the next one is masterminds acquisition it's two black black for a sorcery. It says choose one. Search your library for a card. Put it into your hand and shuffle your library. So Diabolic Tutor. Or choose a card from outside the game and put it into your hand. Yeah. So usually the wishing or the burning wishes and all those spells require you to do a specific kind of card. This is any card from outside the game. And I don't know. Again, this is entirely dependent on your playgroup, whether or not you guys have sideboards or if you're just allowed to take any card that you own from outside the game, like it says here. So uh, up to you all how you there's, play this. There's a rule, and I think we referenced it um, because of Unstable and Spike, but it's called Rule 13, and it basically says you have to talk to the group before you play or your play group uh, for what your ground rules are going to be for the wish-type cards, the cards that go get things out from outside the game. Burning wish, living wish, yeah, all there's, that. <laughs> so talk to, your, talk to your peeps. This card, though. Ooh, I love this card. Um... Oh, uh, this may be the best descender, actually. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. We've got to do oh, the, skip- the other card. Um, right, 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 right. Just because, you know, alphabetical order. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next card is Pitiless Plunderer. Three and a black for a human pirate. It's a one four. It says, whenever another creature you control dies, create a colorless treasure artifact token. I think this card is actually kind of nuts. In any deck that's running like Ashnod's Altar and, and things like that, it doesn't say non-token creature. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever got, probably like Alenda really wants this card. If you've ever got like five, six, seven tokens out and you're going to sack them to Ashnod's, mm-hmm. you just get the treasure tokens. You could use it with Revel and Riches. Uh, 
But even just like sacking it for additional value, you're already going to sack stuff, yeah. get treasure tokens and ramp. I just think this card, any uh, aristocrats type deck that have blood artists or Zulaport cutthroat and those type of things in it would look at a card like this, I think. Yeah, I like it a lot. Super powerful. Getting that extra mana. Not to mention a lot of times if you use Ashnaut's Altar, you want colored mana. So that's a way to get that colored mana. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's a really good point. All right, Twilight Prophet. This is the card that I was getting all crazy about. Two black, black for a 2-4 creature, vampire, cleric with flying. It's our first instant of Ascend. So again, if you control 10 or more permanents, you immediately get the City's Blessing for the rest of the game. Now, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have the City's Blessing, reveal the top card of your library and put it into your hand. Each opponent loses X life and you gain X life for X is that card's converted mana cost. So this is similar to what that one Soren did. Yes. Which is revealing the top card of your library. It's it sort of reverse bobs. Yeah, it makes everyone else lose the life, and then and you gain, you the, gain life. the life. And you get the card. I would play this in a Rakdos deck. I would. So you're like I think I would just play cards. this in a black deck. Yeah. This is really good. It's only four mana. Again, Ascend is not going to be terribly hard to get. Mm -hmm. And the value is insane. Gain life, everybody loses life, and you draw a card. Yeah. Really, even if you just get one trigger off it, you're... you're you're fine with yeah, it for four mana to do all that you might make you might have a total life loss of like 15 across the table depending on the card you flip seems pretty good yeah let's say it's just a, a three cmc card mm -hmm. you gain three everybody else loses three that's 12 yeah that's 12 you know that's a 12, a 12 differential and you draw the card that's pretty good yeah i like this card all right get hungry all right the next one is vona's hunger looks like sprinkle it does I'm trying to beat us in that game she came pretty close she was scary. she looks scary like this too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. She uh, it's two and a black for an instant. It has ascend. If you control ten or more permanents, you get the city's blessing for the rest of the game. Each opponent sacrifices a creature. You just do that. But if you have city's blessing, then instead each opponent sacrifices half the creatures he or she controls. Round it up. Three mana you could kill. Oh boy. Not to mention it's an instant. So... And it's each opponent. It's not you. A lot of edict effects are yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's an instant. I mean, like, I've seen this so many times where on an empty board, someone... For, okay, here's the thing. Fleshbag Marauder, you play yep. in a lot of decks, yep. right? And that's that's exact... And it includes you sacrificing a creature. I mean, it's the creature you played in that instance, but it's three mana. Yeah, but Vona's Hunger. I've seen so many people play Consecrated Sphinx onto an empty board. You could just get them. Just get them. Just get them. Yeah, I like this card a lot. I mean, it's here's the thing. That's why this card is really good. It's good without Ascend. It's decent without Ascend, and it's really good with Ascend. I mean, there's a lot of times just on turn... It's coming around to you on turn three, and it, people just played like a value, like Birds of Paradise, mm -hmm. you know, They've something... one or two things out. Yeah, they put their Thrasios out, yeah. they put their Vile Smasher out, and you just go, eh, I'll just kill all three of those things. For three mana. Yeah, I like it. I, some, I like it a lot. them way back. I okay. like it a lot. All Let's right. go on to everyone's least favorite color, blue. It's... They got a couple of crazy ones. Uh, okay, the first one is Crafty Cut Purse. This card is interesting. It's three and a blue for a 2-2 human pirate. It has flash. When Crafty Cut Purse enters the battlefield, each token that would be created under an opponent's control this turn is created under your control instead. So, you know... You steal tokens. Avenger of Zendikar, that triggers on the stack. Boom, Whoop. flash yep. in, crafty cut purse. I get all those plant tokens. Thank Doubling you. season. You get the tokens at the doubles. Oh, my make. gosh. Um, let's say someone's trying to go infinite with Kiki-Jiki and, like, a zealous conscripts. Depending on how they order their triggers, you could steal all of them. If they're like, all right, this is the order I'm going to do. I'm going to use Kiki-Jiki to make zealous conscripts. All right, 
Yeah, because they would have to do it while a lot of times in like you, response to the yeah. trigger. Or I don't know. Either way, no, because it has to. With zealous, it wouldn't work. Zealous might something like Pester might. Yeah, where I think you. No, it has to enter the battlefield. You know what? Either way, you're stealing tokens, and it's pretty sweet. <laughs> I think there's just a lot of look at it like a Linda. They yeah. choose to sack it or or whatever and let it go to the graveyard, and they're gonna make them. You know, twelve one one vampires with lifelink. Those are my you, twelve. You get them vampires. With Mine now, yeah. Yeah, it's it's super interesting. I think if there was a couple powerful. Uh, token decks in your meta then it'd be worth looking at yeah uh oh, this next one induced go. amnesia this is two and a blue for an enchantment it's jace uh throwing some thoughts into uh Frasca's head here when induced amnesia enters the battlefield target player exiles all cards from his or her hand face down then draws that many cards when induced amnesia is put into a graveyard from the battlefield return the exiled cards to their owner's hand now, this card doesn't seem, like, at front, you're like, okay, sure, it's like a windfall, and then you exile your hand. I remember we read this, and we didn't think much of it, and then we had a chance to actually see it in play. Yeah. Here's the thing. Those cards stay exiled, and if you can get rid of that enchantment later, then you're drawing a ton more cards. Let's depending. say you have seven cards in your hand. You'll exile seven, draw seven. So you're, Windfall. Yeah. So that's fine. Windfall is a good card. Unless you wanted to discard the cards, but let's yeah. assume you're not. And then if if you can get rid of Induced Amnesia, if you can um, uh, put it into the graveyard from the battlefield, you'll have 14 cards in your hand, right? So you just drew seven. Also, think of this in like Brago or something where you can just flicker it. Oh, and keep drawing. And immediately go through your deck just super fast. Yeah, yeah. You know, just if you're looking for certain cards. A lot of times, you know, how many times have we been in this situation where it's like, I need a board wipe? Yeah. Well, I don't care what else is in my hand because if I need a board wipe or I'm going to die or I need a counterspell or I need a blah, mm -hmm, blah, blah, mm -hmm. you know, you can... You can sort of do things like that. I think this card is actually really, really good. And 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 then there's the instances because we're talking about something modest, seven cards. You're in blue. How many times have you been there with twenty cards in your hand? Yeah. If you're looking for a certain card, and you can drop twenty for three mana, you're gonna get there. You're gonna find that card. Yeah. So hopefully, yeah. Uh, I like that card a lot. All right. The next one is release to the wind. Two and a blue for an instant. Exile target non-land permanent. For as long as that card remains exiled, its owner may may cast it without paying its mana cost. This is a way for you to sort of flicker your own stuff in a weird way. Yeah. Over an installment plan. Sometimes you want to get rid of a blocker or something, then you can exile it with that. Or also, if something of yours got stolen. Yeah. The thing know. is, if you do it to an opponent, they will be able to just cast it again. But yeah, because it you, says its owner may cast it without paying yeah. its mana cost. So yeah. it's an interesting, it's a little fringe, but I think you would use it mostly on your own stuff, and then you can obviously hold it and wait. You know, it this card, as long as it's exiled, again, it sits there for the rest of the game if you wanted to. It doesn't need to happen that same turn. There's a lot of decks where, like, you just want to protect one thing, and this uh -huh. could be protection for that thing. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Seafloor uh, Oracle is your next blue card. Two blue blue for a Merfolk Wizard. Two, three. Whenever a Merfolk you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So obviously I put this into my Kamena deck. There are not many effects that do this specifically for Merfolk, so we thought we would mention it here. Yeah, I think it's a good one because if you uh, the way this is written, am I wrong? Where five Merfolk all hit a player, you draw five cards. Yes. That's a lot I mean, cards. that's pretty great. Okay, this next one is... Especially because they all have unblockable shenanigans usually. Yeah. This next one's in, uh, it's insane. I love this one. It's I love crazy. this one a lot. I, I, I don't like cards like this in general because I just think they lead to infinite turns, which is what this is going to yes, do. Yes, this 100% will lead. Yeah, 100% will. So it's Time Stream Navigator. It's one in a blue for a 1-1. One, one. It has Ascend. Again, you want 10 or more permanents to get City's Blessing. You can pay two blue, blue, and tap the Time Stream Navigator. Then you put Time Stream Navigator on the bottom of its owner's library Take an extra turn after this one. You can only activate this ability if you have City's Blessing. 
This is like a win condition against being milled out almost. If you have the ability to give it haste or something, because you boom. can just yeah comes in the battlefield, you could take another turn, take another turn. True. Take another turn. I think it's more of a win condition of just take a million turns. Another thing too is that extra turn effects usually cost five mana, so having this cost four, four. is nice. nice. Yeah, this card seems insane. Yeah, a lot I, of extra turns being. You don't even there. have to walk through all the combos you just know there's a lot yeah let's move on to the next color green everyone's favorite green it is kind of everyone's favorite i remember when green was everyone's least favorite i always loved green no no i mean i love oh yeah well but not as much as red <laughs> back in the old days it was really bad though yeah that's true you had like old man gaia right like guys uh, guys liege. liege yeah i remember look Big like star, i remember star. saving up to trade my friend for that card and yeah. it's a horrible card yeah well i remember because i was just like oh it could be huge yeah i think if every forest i have it could be an uh, you know whatever yeah wow <laughs> wow then they Never go dies. my friends are like so what i just terror it yeah <laughs> lightning bolt nope all right, Path of Discovery, three and a green enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it explores. This is going to be a staple card. Yeah, 100%. Um, just immediate value off of every single creature that comes on the battlefield. I game nights, you will see. Uh, it's good. It's powerful. He means the next game nights. Yeah, not this one. We're when... going to beep that out so they didn't hear it anyway. Yeah. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> you can't hear he it. He did something. I, I used this card in game nights, and I thought it was great. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of value this, generated from this. This is going to be a card that goes in most green decks. I mean, creature they have to be creature-based decks. decks. Yeah. But, I mean, it even works with tokens. It doesn't say non-token creature. Yeah. So if you yeah. create 10 Sapperlings, think of Avenger of Zendikar. The value of this is right. very high. Especially because you can just keep one of the cards on top that you know is a non-land permanent. Just and give them just all give plus, them all one. plus one. Or you or can just you draw just... the lands. You're like, I, I would like some lands. Yeah, right. Let's say you make 10 tokens and you're like, I just need to draw through my deck. And if the card isn't isn't incredibly useful to you at that point, just bin it. Draw the next one. Like, great, it's a land. This that You can just get tons of cards in your hand. I just it's... want burgeoning in this in play. That's all I want. Oh, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> uh, I mean, Burgeoning is good with this card. Yeah. Uh, this next one's a little... There's some combos with this thing. Yeah. It's Polyraptor. It's six green green for a 5-5 five, five dinosaur. It has Enrage. Whenever Polyraptor is dealt damage, create a token that's a copy of Polyraptor. So the token will have the Enrage ability. Mm -hmm. So then when either the token or the original Polyraptor take damage, they'll make more. So it starts doubling. Um one of the combos people were mentioning on Twitter was Ether Flash. Yep. Deals two damage to a creature every time it enters the battlefield. So as soon as it creates one copy of Polyraptor, it creates another, and that one takes damage, and then boom, you're off to it. Infinite it Polyraptors. Takes, yeah. Dropping yeah. hot mixtapes. If as long as you got haste, you're, you're going to win that one probably. Uh, yeah, definitely. It, well, you're playing red green, so you better have some kind of haste. That's Fire true. What are you doing uh, otherwise? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a lot of other sort of combos with this with this card, but that's kind of a, a very simple one. Yeah, eight mana though for a five five yeah. is a little dangerous. Yeah, I, I, st dangerous I don't indeed. still don't think it's good because of that. But yeah, all right, tender shoot dryad four in the green for a dryad two two with ascend. At the beginning of each upkeep, create a one one green sapling creature token that in general has been a pretty powerful card in the past. Uh, was that one nature is something the big green guy that doesn't? Yeah. Either way, it's each upkeep. Yeah. We, we should mention there. So that means if you're playing in a four player game, that's your upkeep and the other three players upkeep. That's a lot. Of that's just that text alone is very powerful. Yeah. And, of course, saplings you control get plus two, plus two, as long as you have the city's blessing. So now they're all three threes. And it's very easy to get city's blessing because, because you're the saplings are permanent oh. on the board. So ah. that seems pretty good. Combo. Wait, wait, wait. C -c -c -combo. Combo. Whoa, what a hit. What was that noise? I don't know. It was a piece of paper, but it sounded like a hammer. It donked on something. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, this card. And it's only five mana. I think it's actually... Like, you play it, and you're going to get at least one Sapperling. But provided it gets back to you, you're going to have made six power on the first rotation. Of the yeah, table and probably it. get Ascend at that In point. In which case, you've actually made, what, two, four, six, eight, uh, blah, 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 ten, ten power. Yeah, got and there. five things and five permanents. And if you had five mana cast this, guess what? They're all three threes. Boom, attack time. Pow. Uh, oh, this next one's fun. I think this card's actually pretty good. So the next one's Wayward Swordtooth. It's two and a green for a 5-5 five, five dinosaur. It has Ascend. It says you may play an additional land on each of your turns. Then it says Wayward Swordtooth can't attack or block unless you have City's Blessing. So it's not really a 5-5 five, five until you have at least 10 permanents. But you're playing additional lands each turn. Mm-hmm. I, I actually would consider it's kind of like Explore. Yeah. Just cost two more mana. And I think that that is almost worth it in the decks that want multiples of that that effect yeah like yeah. you want burgeoning and you want what's the creature oh gosh um oh oh azusa seeker. Az- yeah seeking but not lost azusa lost but seeking lost but seeking and there's uh i mean and dan and there's you know yeah there's that those those decks that just want a lot of you know um get rog monster probably wants stuff like that so, right yeah. get rog wants this next one though world shaper three in the green for a three three merfolk shaman whenever world shaper attacks you may put the top three cards of your library into the graveyard when World Shaper dies, put all land cards from your graveyard onto the battlefield tapped. Woo! Cool. They don't have to be put there by World Shaper either. Right. They can just be put there you can just be a deck monster. that has a lot of dredge and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, Gitrog, yeah, yeah. which has a lot of dredge. And then boom, just get twenty lands into play. That seems pretty, pretty good. Alright, let's move on to the next color. Let me get this piece of paper out of the way. Ta-da! You know, a few people have asked me about this first card. It's th- yes. we're, we're moving on to red. And it's like I like because it has the word blood in it because I hate Blood Moon that I would dislike it, but this doesn't do anything like what Blood Moon does. This is Blood Sun. It's two and a red for an enchantment. When Blood Sun enters the battlefield, draw a card. I'm playing it. That's all the I fact that it has that is pretty big. Means that it's almost a free roll from there, right? Like yeah. you may as well play this card depending on your deck. It says all lands lose all abilities except mana abilities. Right. This is sneaky good, depending on how you build your deck. You could really take advantage of it because things like Bounce Lands. Yeah. First of all, Bounce Land won't come into play tapped. Mm-hmm. It'll come in untapped because that's an ability. And it won't bounce another land. So you just get a two, a land that taps for two for no downside. Nothing, yeah. Um, here's the thing, though. It's really good against your decks in general because you have tons of utility lands. I play a ton of utility lands. Um, it doesn't bother me, though, because it doesn't turn off my ability to kill Blood Sun. True. That's a good point. Yeah, it does make everything into a mountain. It, it means like, oh, my green still taps for... My green-blue land still taps for green-blue. Yeah. I can now cast Cross and Grip. Here's the thing, though. It also makes everyone else's bounce lands good, too, then, right? True, but, I mean, people don't play a ton of bounce lands, in, you know, at least in our playgroup. Yeah. Unless you specifically have a reason to, so... If you're playing against a lot of Homeward Paths and, like, lots of Maze of Iths and you don't want any of those cards to function, then yep. I could see Blood Sun being playable. Otherwise, it is a little dangerous, but you do can trip off it. You draw a card when you play it, so... I like it. I like it a lot um, in the right deck, of course. Yeah. Oh, this next card has you written all Brass over Brass is Bounty. I'm playing this right now. Six and a red. For each land you control, create a colorless treasure artifact token with sacrifice star effect. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. For, so for seven mana, if I have ten lands, I make ten treasures. And here's the thing. Normally, this kind of card is bad. 
like in terms of like make immediate mana. But here's the thing: these treasures stick around. They if count had, as artifacts on the battlefield. If you had ten lands and you tap seven to pay for this, now you still have thirteen mana at your disposal, so you can still do something this turn for playing a seven mana card. That I think is why I like it the most. And also in like decks that want to just generate a ton of red mana or mana in general. Brass's Bounty seems pretty good because you not can just use that. the mana that same turn. Not just that. I think there's a lot of decks that just care about the number of artifacts they have, things that refer to the number of artifacts. You can sacrifice artifacts to do certain effects. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't have to use the treasure. Revel and Riches is just like an Revel and win. Riches, yeah. If you can, if you have like Vidalcan Orrery out, if you have this in your hand, you probably get to win with Revel and Riches, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think this card is really cool. Yeah. I like it. All right, the next one is Dire Fleet Daredevil. If you see us staring at our phones, I want to say um, we're looking at the cards. We're not texting. I mean, I'm texting. <laughs> All right, the next one is Dire Fleet Daredevil. It's one in a red for a 2-1 human pirate. It has first strike. Awesome art. Yeah. When Dire Fleet Daredevil enters the battlefield, exile target instant or sorcery card from an opponent's graveyard. You may cast that card this turn. And you may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast that spell. If that card would be put into a graveyard this turn, exile it instead. It doesn't have flash, but otherwise it's kind of snapcaster for your opponents. Yeah, graveyard. I think this is sweet. Yeah. I love it. Because you can do sorceries too, obviously, because it has sorcery speed. Um, I think this is going to see a lot of standard play if people want to do red deck wins because it's just two mana, two, one first strike on turn two. Yep. Uh, but also just gets a ton of additional value later on in the game if you start flooding out. So. It's just... There's a lot of times where, you know, you can just get access to an effect that you couldn't get yeah. based on the colors in your deck. This is the kind of stuff I want to see in red. Card advantage. It's still conditional and it has like a timer on it, but it's card advantage nonetheless. All right. Forerunner of the Empire. Three and a red for a 1-3 human soldier. One Forerunner enters. Oh, this is the uh, the di- this is the dinosaur version of the card we talked about earlier. So Forerunner. Yep. Yeah. Enters, finds a dinosaur, puts it on the top of your library, grabs a land. Yep. There's, again, there's one for a vampire, and there's also one for merfolk. Um, go ahead. Rekindling Phoenix. Two red-red for a 4-3 creature phoenix. Flying, when Rekindling Phoenix dies, create a 0-1 red elemental creature token with, at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice this creature and return target card named Rekindling Phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste until end of turn. So normally these like phoenixes, the ones that come back, are just okay. This one actually gives you a low creature token, which is kind of cool, and it could block for you. Um... Otherwise, at the beginning of your upkeep, you just sack it, and then you get a Rekindling Phoenix back. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. It's another in the cycle of Phoenixes, yeah. which all in have sort of, of weird like different Phoenixes, ways they come back. This one's not bad, because you don't have to yeah. like pay an exorbitant amount of mana to get it back. You actually get a creature out of it, which is kind of cool. Uh, the next one is Silverclad for Rostodons. Five red red for an 8-5 dinosaur. Has Enrage. Whenever Silverclad for Rostodons is dealt damage, each opponent sacrifices a permanent. Cool. Tim Deck. Yeah. Tim Deck, Ether Flash esque deck, uh, Pyrohemia. Oh, Pestilence. Especially if the Pyrohemia oh. kills creatures too. Oh, gosh. Right? Like the Pyrohemia yeah. destroying so, creatures and then, like, crap, I have to sacrifice other permanents. I mean, they got a permanent. It's not non land. So, yeah. Like, you could. Yeah. I think there are definitely some combos with this thing where you just. They're just done. They just don't have stuff. Yeah. I like it. Me likey. Tillanali's Summoner is our last red card. One in a red for a 1-1 one, one with Ascend. Whenever Tillanali's Summoner attacks, you may pay X in a red. If you do create X-1-1 one, one red elemental creature tokens that are tapped and attacking, at the beginning of the next end step, exile those tokens unless you have the City's Blessing. By the way, you can just pay to get the City's Blessing, and then you just keep 
a bunch of 1-1 red elemental creature tokens that are tapped and attacking. Yeah, the thing about Ascend is it doesn't really care when it happens. If you have 10 permanents at any instant for Whoop. just a quarter of a second, doesn't matter, that, boom, you get City's Blessing. Hashtag bless, just like yeah. that. Yeah, so you just attack with this, tap red and five, get five one ones that are tapped and attacking, and at that moment, you have City's Blessing, right? Yeah, you probably should have City's Blessing at that point. Um, and then they stick around. Yeah, this card seems actually really good. It comes out pretty early. Yeah. And we're just in a format where there's just often somebody you can attack for basically free, mm -hmm. especially sort of mid and early game. I like it. It's also tapped in attacking, right? So mm -hmm. you get around propaganda. You only would have to pay for Tillinoy's Summoner. Right, right. Good point. Um, I like it. It's, pre it's pretty, pretty good. All right, let's move on to our last color of the five. It's Baffling End in white. And this is one in a white for an enchantment when Baffling End enters the battlefield. Exile target creature and opponent controls with converted mana cost three or less. And when Baffling End leaves the battlefield, target opponent creates a 3-3 three, three green dinosaur creature token with trample. Um, you know, two mana, exile a creature card. CMC three or less. It's going to see a lot of probably standard play and maybe, maybe make it into modern. But it's interesting because when it leaves the battlefield, a different opponent you can choose gets a 3-3 three, three dinosaur. <laughs> it's target, oh, I didn't it's even notice opponent. that. It's target opponent. So yes. you'd be like, uh, yeah. So even if you... Oh, that's interesting because it sort of disincentivizes somebody removing it. Yeah. Because you won't get that 3-3. Three, three. I'll give yeah. it to somebody else. It's baffling. Oh, I didn't read that. That's that's, that's the only reason it's on here. The <laughs> first part is like, that. yeah, whatever. I was but. wondering. You put it on the list. And I was like, I don't get it. But that last part actually makes it interesting. Yeah. At least makes it kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Bishop of Binding. Oh, yes. It's three and a white for a 1-1 one, one Vampire Cleric. Man, Vampire four-mana 1-1s one keep happening. <laughs> I don't think that's... All right. When Bishop of Binding enters the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls until Bishop of Binding leaves the battlefield. It's Fiend Hunter, Banisher Priest type of deal. But it has another little twist. Whenever Bishop of Binding attacks, target Vampire gets plus X, plus X until end of turn, where X is the power of the exiled card. So if you get rid of Vorinclex, then all of a sudden... It's like eight. When this attacks, you get plus eight, plus eight. Well, I would give it to Alenda and then sack her. Good point. There Good you go. point. Uh, next up, we have... Big Ra dreams here. <laughs> here at the command zone. <laughs> next up, we have Radiant Destiny. Two in the white for an enchantment with Ascend. As Radiant Destiny enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures you control of the chosen type get plus one, plus one. As long as you have the city's blessing, they also have vigilance. So this is actually really good for tribal, just two in the white for a, you know, a plus one, plus one across the board. And then giving them vigilance as well is pretty good. Yeah, I read this wrong the first time... Uh, your creatures get plus one, plus one of that type no matter what. Yeah. It's the vigilance that's tied to the city's blessing. It's okay. I think there's a lot of good... Um, you can do a lot of different things in tribal. This is one yeah. of one of many. Okay. The next one is Slaughter the Strong. This card is nuts. <laughs> it's one white, white for a sorcery. Each player chooses any number of creatures he or she controls with total power four or less, then sacrifices all other creatures he or she controls... So that's it. You get to keep four power out of maximum total from your board. Everything else has got to go. Yep. If all, all right. you have is a 6-6, six, six, that's going. Okay, the last card we're talking about here in white is Trapjaw Tyrant. Woo! Three white white for a creature dinosaur within rage. Whenever Trapjaw Tyrant is dealt damage, exile target creature and opponent controls until Trapjaw Tyrant e leaves the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah, I, we talked about it for Zakama because Zakama can ping the Trap Draw Tyrant. Yeah, and start removing stuff. Yeah, it's um, dangerous, though, because then when they board wipe, they get it all back because the Trap Draw Tyrant goes away. Yeah, it is interesting if you're playing mono white to have even more like, hey, look, we can just keep exiling things under this. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't love it, but it is an interesting card indeed. It seems like a pain in the butt to deal with. 
Yeah. Uh, okay, we're on to artifacts now. Oh, man, this first artifact. Oh. Take a deep breath, everybody. This one's good. This okay. This one's ridiculous. <laughs> it takes a while to set up, but hey. It, it does it? Does it? Five turns? Well, untapping, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Azor's Gateway. Also, what it does... <laughs> Never mind. You're right. This card's good. <laughs> it also only costs two mana, so it's two mana. Oh, it's so good. For it a legendary artifact. If you... All right, let's, we'll talk about it. Two mana, legendary artifact. A flip card. It's one of the flip cards. You can pay You pay one mana and tap the Azor's Gateway, and then you draw a card and then exile a card from your hand. So you loot, except for you're not um, putting it in the graveyard, you're exiling it. Just alone, that would be a fine card. Mm-hmm. Two mana, it's cheap, and it's going to filter your draws and get you some value, get rid of lands when you don't want them or cards that are high CMC early in the game. Then it says, if cards with five or more different converted mana costs are ac- are exiled with Azor's Gateway, you gain five life, okay, and then you untap Azor's Gateway and transform it. You untap it? They didn't even want to have the downside of like when you put the fifth card there. Oh, right, yeah. And then, sorry, you then have to least, wait. Yeah, so you flip it, it turns into a legendary land called Sanctum of the Sun. <sighs> Hold on to your butts. Tap it. Add X mana of any one color to your mana pool, oh? where X eh? is your life total. Eh? Your life total. Your life total. You could add like 20 mana right here with this thing. You card. could add 40. You could add 40. I mean, considering you're spending some time exiling five different cards with different CMCs. From you could hand. add 140 if you're in a Laura or something. <laughs> Look, you can just win the game in so many different ways with 140 mana at your disposal. This card's insane. At least they could have made the original artifact, the Azor's Gateway, cost like five mana. Yeah, I do like it. The fact that it costs two, and you only have to do this five times. You just do it five times. Yeah. And on the fifth time, you use it. Yeah. It's not like five, then wait a turn. It's and then, five and immediately tap for your life total. And then you've got Fate Stitcher. You've got Cure's Follower. You've got like, um. there's a lot of ways to just on like turn three or four, when you play this, untap it enough times to just flip it yeah and then your 40 mana of any one color and also it's not even colorless mana it's yeah of a single color and you can play this card in any deck as well that's the crazy thing gateway can go in it, any deck i don't say that we we rarely say this but this card seems too powerful yeah i mean i think the only downside is you have to do five different yeah. cmcs out of your hand but even then like most decks will have different options for you and you're drawing cards. It's not hard so because it says different. It's not even... It, it could have been sequential. Like, you have to make mm-hmm. it straight. Like, you have to have 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. I guess people can see this coming, but people aren't packing individual artifact removal necessarily. Like It's a two-drop. So even if they do, it's not that worse. I mean, it's And not, you're still gaining value off it. Yes, because yeah. you're looting. It would be one thing if you didn't draw the card, if you just had to exile the card from your hand. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then it's a big risk because I have to exile five cards. I'm down five cards. If, some, yeah. if after the fourth card, somebody Vandal Blasts, that's horrible. But not here. You're yeah. actually gaining value by looting the whole time. Yeah, and I would, I would, I would play this in the limited deck just to, if I wanted to loot more. <laughs> yeah, I think it's... Uh... Okay. Okay. Moving on. Golden Guardian. Four mana, four, four defender, artifact creature Golem. You can pay two mana to have it fight another target creature you control, like Trap Trap Tyrant. When Golden Guardian dies this turn, return it to the battlefield, transformed under your control, and it becomes a legendary Golem land. <laughs> it just says land. Uh, oh, this can... is the only one that's not a legendary land. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You can Gold tap Forged it. Garrison, by the way. Oh, that's right. And it's the art is ridiculously cool. Yeah. Anyway, you, pay t- you can tap it to add two mana of any one color to your mana pool. That's pretty neat. 
and you can pay four to tap it to create a four four colorless golem artifact creature token so you pump out more golems and you also get two mana of any one color to your mana pool i actually think it's pretty good just as a um as a sort of temple of false god yeah. type of land here's the thing about it's a four four for four with defender you pay two and it fights another creature you control right and then when it dies you transform it. Here's the thing. You need to have a creature that has at least five toughness. Otherwise, this thing is killing it, you know, because it's fighting it. So you could two for one yourself just to flip it. So it's a little tough. Like you need to have you a, need to have four, a five, 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 four or five at the, at the yeah. very least to yeah. keep the creature you're fighting. So yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, moving on. It, you can do this, though, no. in response to like a board wipe or something. Right? Oh, yeah. So like it's going to die anyway. Boom, boom. I'll f and you can fight multiple things. So... Actually, you know what? You don't even need to be a, a four five if you like block with this and then pay the two man to fight something with you know right. a couple of power or whatever. And like I said, you can fight two things. So you can say I'm gonna fight this and that, activate right. it twice. So in response to a board wipe, if you have the mana, I'm gonna fight my Orko of Maldaya and whatever else that has two power. That's a good point. And, you can and start flip rebuilding. it. Yeah, and and it just turns into a land that taps for two at the very least. And yeah, making tokens is good eventually. I like I like the card. Um, all right, the next one is another really interesting card. Yeah. The Immortal Sun. It costs six mana. It's a legendary artifact. Players can't activate Planeswalker loyalty abilities. Have we ever seen that before? I don't think, I don't think there's been a card so. that just turns just off turns all off, Planeswalkers. Yeah. At the beginning of your draw step, draw an additional card. Spells you cast cost one less to cast. <laughs> Creatures you control get plus one, plus one. What else? Hmm. Hey, guys. <laughs> look at this card. We've got room on it. What else should we put on there? What's another thing that cards do? Uh, uh, make cards cheaper. Okay. All right. Well, actually, I, I lied. We have room for one more thing. What else do uh, cards it's do? It's tribal time. Let's give them all plus one, plus one. All right. One. Uh, sold. Uh, Mr. Rosewater, what do you think? Print it. Print it. Uh, it's interesting. It's six mana, obviously, but drawing an additional card each turn is great. And people play cards all the time just to do that. Um, spells you cast cost one less to cast. Pretty, it's pretty nice, right? Overall, and the whole plus one plus one is just a nice cherry on top. It's like Mirari's wake a little bit there. I almost wish it was like a three mana artifact that only had the first ability, <laughs> because I, I like that that exists, right? That there's yeah. a way to combat Super Friends decks. Right now, there's not True. a uh, there's not a super great way. Although our format handles it well, and that everyone just attacks the Planeswalkers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I like the card. Yeah, I do too. It's it's not crazy powerful. All right. Silent Gravestone is our last artifact and card of the set that we'll be talking about in the review. It's one mana for an artifact. Cards and graveyards can't be the targets of spells or abilities. It's already really good. <laughs> yeah, for one mana, by the way. Four mana, tap it, exile Silent Gravestone, and all cards from all graveyards. Draw a card. So it replaces itself. This is a great sideboard tech card for just your meta. Uh, I could see this being played I in all this... kinds of formats. Yeah, I could... yeah, this is going to be definitely... well. Right now, in standard, you've got one of the decks is the um, God Pharaoh's Gift decks. Yep. Uh, which this won't allow it to do anything. Yep. This, like Marin, none of that stuff works yeah. with this card out. I think you could just main deck this card. Just there's enough graveyard shenanigans stuff. Yeah, as long as you're not, you know, obviously using your graveyard like crazy. So. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah. yeah. You, you wouldn't put it in decks that have a lot of that. You could have a little bit, though, because you get to choose when to play this. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, I like this card. All right. Well, let's talk to the best of. Uh, we love doing this. We got to talk about the best of the cards so far. Of the, all the new legendaries, I think the the answer is easily Sakama. It's Sakama. Yeah. I, I don't even... I guess Azor's next, but the gap between that... Like, Sakama's one of the better commanders. Yeah. 
like period. best overall card though i think azor's gateway has to be up there i think it is the only other one is maybe the the extra turn blue tap what's it called Timekeeper Navigator. Yeah, Time Navigator. Or the uh, six and a red make a lot of mana. That card is cool. I don't think it's powerful in the it's same way. It's not the way. best overall card, though. I I'm think Azor's Gateway think... has to get there because it's colorless. You can play it in every single deck. It's better than the Immortal Sun, that's for sure. I, th- I think you could put, just put Azor's Gateway in any deck, and the loot ability alone makes it fine. Yeah, unless you're and playing if you Tiny happen leaders, to get there, Don't it's... do it if you're playing Tiny Leaders. Yeah. <laughs> and if you happen to get there... Great. with the thing then it's insane but if not it's just a good value card that's that's good it's kind of like top or it's not quite as good as top but something like that except for if top had a thing that was like the fifth time you do this just win yeah right yeah it's true okay to the listeners to the listeners that's you which cards did we miss from the set that you wish we talked about what cards are you most excited about from rivals of ixalan and which of your decks do you want to put them in or which cool combos or synergies with Arrivals of Ixalan card have yeah. you come up with? We really, I've said this many times on the show, but the comment section on YouTube is a place where the way we'd like it to function is that it's sort of an addendum to the show so that after you watch the show, then you go into the comments and you get to see what I call, quote unquote, the brain trust giving all of its you know, thought and all of its cool ideas out to the community as well. So if you want to go into the comment section and let us know cool combos and other cards you mm-hmm. think are relevant, we we think that really does help the community. So thank you. And hey, if you want to build a deck with some of those cards, make sure you go and check out cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That is our sponsor for the show. That is the best place to get some singles. They'll get shipped to you so quickly. The set is out. You know you want to play it. Or it's almost out. You know you want to play it. Pre-order your cards now or get them. And Card Kingdom will get them to you ASAP. And that's oh, yeah. where it's at. set is almost out. It's almost pre-release time. Yeah, next weekend. Cardkingdom.com slash command zone. And also make sure to purchase Ultra Pro products. You can do it at Card Kingdom using the affiliate link or anywhere that will support Command Zone, support Game Nights. We really do appreciate it. And Ultra Pro stuff is awesome. These playmats we have in front of us right here. This Gashoth one it looks sweet. We're going to oh, be giving it away. Thing. Oh, sorry. Gashoth. This is a common one. Looks sweet. Yeah. Um, we will be giving it away at the end of Game Nights. But if you want deck boxes, uh, sleeves, sleeves, also themed to Rivals of Big Salon. Sweet dice. Uh, yeah. Ultra Pro has a little bit of everything. So yeah. you should check it out. All right, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Have you finished the season? Uh, I haven't, but I started watching it. You were tweeting about it. Mm-hmm. I think Prof, some other people. Um, Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Season four. Season four. Just came out now. Six episodes, really solid season. Uh, I would say three of the episodes are in contention for being some of the best episodes they've ever made. Well, we haven't talked about the show at all uh, on our show, and I hadn't watched any of them, so mm-hmm. I was starting at season one. You guys, I had heard you talk about it, I think, and I was like, we, we need to watch this, so Elle and I, my girlfriend and I, started watching it. Did, did you skip the first episode of season one, though? Because I tell everyone to skip that one. No, actually, I thought it was fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some, I mean, I think it's a bad way to introduce the show. Yes, it is not. Uh, it's incongruous with what yeah. the show really is, but at the same time, I, I still thought it was it was good. It was it was provo- thought-provoking. I didn't... Yeah, especially in today's day and age, specifically. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but it's kind of like a Twilight Zone-esque... With a modern horror twist, yeah, yeah, with it's, a very sort of technical, yeah. or it's a little bit Dimension Four Hundred Four, right? Yeah, Dimension Four Hundred Four, I'd say, is definitely the more PG and family friendly version of what. It's a little Black sillier, is. a little more, yeah, funny. a lot sillier, a lot more campy. Uh, Black Mirror definitely does not pull any punches when it comes to some serious stuff, and oh, it takes itself very seriously. Yeah, the entire history of you from the first season, that third episode, I think, ha- has been optioned into a movie by Robert Downey Jr.'s companies. There are some very compelling stories in there, and the fourth season just came out on Netflix. 
Um, if you haven't watched any Black Mirror at all, the first episode of the fourth season, you could send yeah. to anyone. Yeah, we, that's the one we just got to. Yeah, so. the USS McAllister. Yeah. It's really good. McAllister, I think. Yeah, it's great. There's a bunch of episodes where Elle and I would sit there afterwards before we started the next episode and just talk about it for like a f- couple of minutes. Like it was thought provoking on that yeah. level. So Black Mirror on Netflix, highly recommend. Check not it out. Not for the faint of heart necessarily, but I would say this. Not for kids probably. Not for kids, definitely not. And this season has, you know, usually the stories are pretty grim, but they've, Charlie Brooker, the guy that made the show, has been like, the season has more hope because the world needs it. So there's, it's a little more wholesome than before. But the show is still great. I highly recommend you check it out if you have Netflix. Something else that we always highly recommend you check out Absolutely. is the Masters of Modern podcast. It's our sister podcast. Alex Kessler, Ben Bateman, they talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. We got a lot of modern stuff coming up here soon in the Tons magic world. Tons of GPs, world. too. Yeah, also a pro tour. Uh, we didn't have one last year, but we do have one this year. So if you want to learn about modern Go to collected.company. You can find all of their episodes there right next to us, or you can follow them on Twitter at the MMCast. And our editor for the show is Terry Robertson doing the video and audio versions of these podcasts. Make sure you go to youtube.com slash the command zone podcast if you want to watch all of these cards pop up on the screen. Very useful for the set reviews specifically. And uh, hey, you know, big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer as well for doing the living card animations that begin and end the show, and occasionally the screen behind us as well. Oh man, that screen didn't turn off. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, we did it. Sweet. We've been having a little issues with one of them. Lots of issues. With my laptop. But right. it was fine. Nobody noticed. It's good. Yeah, I didn't notice. Okay. Um, all right, everybody. Review. We'll see you uh, next week. And hopefully at pre release. Oh, yeah, pre release. My favorite events all year are always pre release. Absolutely. Yeah. So go to your local pre release and let us know how you did. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Terry had a better song that we should have sung for um, Zakama. What? Ready for it? Zakama, kama, 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 Oh my gosh. That would have been way better. We should have done that last episode. Well, you went to me lose some. We lost big this time around, but that's how it goes. Okay. All right. Um, but, but, but rivals. Um, I can't think of a song song with the rivals. Is there anything about exploring, discovering dinosaurs, pirates? I got one. Yeah. Did we do it already? Oh, we did it already. What was it? We did it for a different reason, though. What was it? SpongeBob? Despite, er, the world is a vampire. We did do it for a different reason. It was we did for, it for Marisol, because uh, despite all yeah, my rage, I'm, I'm yeah, still so just a rat, rat in a cage. cage. Yep. Um, something about... We have two misses so far. Two, two, we've tried two songs. Two songs. Neither, neither Wait, we, there's got to be one about... Something about rivals. Are there any songs about Ixalan out there? Ha ha. Um, rivals. No. All I can think of is that Karate Kid song. You're the best around. I think we did that Nothing too at some point. We definitely have done that before. We've done like every song because we've done like 120 songs. So we've done every song that's ever existed ever. ever.
Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.